Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your chief security fanatic here. And it is the end of the year. And so as we are doing all of the wrap-ups as I do every year, this is the top tech, cyber, and privacy news of 2023. Now, if you are a regular longtime follower of mine, you know that pretty much every day I do news segments. I have a radio show as well that I do segments on bi-weekly, et cetera, et cetera. And so I have a ton of notes that I save throughout the year on breaches, on privacy news, all that kind of stuff. So I went through all of my notes for the entire year looking for some of the most interesting and best things that I thought were the top stories. Some of these you'll remember, some of these you might not, but I thought they were good. And I'd also love to hear feedback. If you think these suck, there it is. But we are going to basically start by order of time. And the most interesting thing near the beginning of the year actually started in February. And that would be, if you recall, the Chinese spy balloon. Now, as you recall, this basically came down from Canada. It was Chinese, came down from Canada and basically hit Montana, heading over uh, basically Malmstrom Air Force Base, heading towards the southeastern seaboard in the Atlantic. And essentially, the Biden administration shut it down. They, they said, we're going to shoot this thing down. But here's the thing. They didn't want to shoot it down over the civilian territory. So they shot it down over the Atlantic just as it left the coast of North Carolina. Now, here's the interesting thing, because we learned stuff going on throughout the year, the Chinese spy balloon. First things first was that because the Chinese were using a spy balloon, it didn't seem like their satellite technology may not be up to snuff compared to, let's say, us or other countries. The other side of it was we learned that the United States was jamming it the entire time. And what we just learned literally in the last week or so sitting here in December of 2023 was that essentially it was connected to a uh, United States based internet service provider in order to communicate back to uh, back to China. So that's being looked at right now. But the Chinese spy balloon story still goes on. And obviously it was massive news. Saturday Night Live hilariously made fun of it with Bo and Yang, uh, their Asian cast member being the Chinese spy balloon, just being snarky about it. It was it was a pretty interesting, fun, amusing, and obviously a national security threat on top of it. So the Chinese spy balloon gets the first position. Moving on, also in February, the U.S. government had a major document security problem. Some Supreme Court justices were oftentimes using personal email for sensitive transmissions instead of the secure servers that were set up to guard that information. And that was uh, just one of many security lapses that were made public, basically on the court's report on its investigation that month month. Now, those details that were revealed to the news by multiple sources basically said that this was a year-long issue, years-long, excuse me, issue of lax security procedures that could have endangered the privacy and security of the court system. If you recall, prior to the Dobbs decision, the U.S. Supreme Court had a leak of that decision uh, where we basically knew ahead of time that they were basically going to shoot down Roe v. Wade, which obviously sparked an investigation because those things are not supposed to come public until the U.S. Supreme Court is ready to publish those. So obviously, that's a real interesting one as well. On top of that, sticking in the United States, we have to talk about President Biden, because in March, they had the national cybersecurity strategy, which was Biden's big cybersecurity push. And quite frankly, I'm a fan of that because we need better cybersecurity laws and streamlining here in the United States. And to quote the beginning of the national cybersecurity strategy, in this decisive decade, the United States will reimagine cyberspace as a tool to achieve our goals in a way that reflects our values. 
economic security and prosperity, respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms, trust in our democracy and democratic institutions, and an equitable and diverse society, end quote. And so with that, we were off to the races with the National Cybersecurity Strategy. Obviously, we have a long years, like long road ahead of us, years as, as we are trying to uh, integrate this. Now, in April, we started to see U.S. states looking into banning TikTok, at least on government-issued devices, the first one being South Dakota. Now, also around that time, Mr. Shoji Chu, CEO of TikTok, was basically uh, interrogated or questioned by the U.S. Congress, and that ended up being an absolute complete joke of an interview, and I did, a, I did segments on everything I've talked about here, but... By virtue of that, a lot of states, starting with Governor Kristi Noem of South Carolina, basically saying, hey, we're going to start banning this on government devices and all of that. I, If you're a longtime listener, follower, you know, viewer of mine, you know my thoughts on TikTok. I think it's, it's an absolutely horrible platform, and it's a surveillance tool first, stupid video challenge platform second. Also... In April slash May around that time, the Pentagon had a data breach. Now, a large cache of what appears to be classified Pentagon documents started circulating on social media channels, and obviously that was a huge headache for U.S. intelligence agencies as basically numerous allies then started to have to be, uh, were forced into denials over a lot of these leaks, including Israel. Now, half a dozen photographs of printed classified documents mostly pertaining to the uh, basically the state of the Ukraine war at the beginning of March started to be shared on Russian telegram channels and basically that started really hitting um you know between April and May even though uh you know this suggests that it had it had started earlier so obviously that was a huge problem as well on top of it in May we learned that TikTok was actually tracking a journalist via her cat. Now, here's what happened two days before Christmas on 2022. And again, we learned about it in May, but it happened back then. Two days before Christmas in 2022, TikTok called a London-based journalist, Christina Criddle, to tell her that two of its employees in China and two in the United States had viewed her data from her personal account without her knowledge or her consent. Now, Miss Criddle's TikTok account was basically on her personal mobile phone, and it was under the name of her cat, Buffy. Now, her own name and occupation were not mentioned in the bio, but apparently the TikTok employees in China and the United States were actually able to link her to that, obviously getting all the data that TikTok collects on you, including GPS location, messages, everything. So that obviously was a huge issue, and journalism needs to be protected as it keeps basically uh, democratic countries uh, uh, aligned in the sense that it can expose corruption, et cetera, et cetera. Now, in June, Microsoft warned that Chinese state-sponsored hackers had compromised critical U.S. cyber infrastructure across numerous industries with a focus on gathering intelligence. So in other words, we learned that many critical sectors uh, basically were hit and compromised by Chinese intelligence, it looks like, uh, you know, in June and prior to that. Obviously, we are continuing to see that kind of news unfold, with the latest one being in the last three weeks or so. So obviously, not a good thing. Now, in July, a federal lawsuit, basically the first one of its kind, claimed that open AI trained its chat GPT large language model using millions of people's stolen data. 
Now, the suit that was filed on Wednesday, June 28th in the U.S. District of Court in San Francisco by the Clarkson Law Firm accused OpenAI of carrying out a strategy to, quote, secretly harvest massive amounts of personal data from the Internet, end quote. That is not the only lawsuit that ChatGPT has faced in 2023, not to mention probes by other countries, but we'll be talking about that sooner than later here. Now, on top of that, also in July... We found out that Meta, a.k.a. the owners of Facebook and Instagram, were complicit in human trafficking. Now, to be clear here, this is not the first time that Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, has been involved or accused of these kinds of activities or allegations. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody shared the results back then of the state of a statewide survey, which went out to 80 law enforcement agencies across the state, including all 67 sheriff's offices, and revealed more than half of the reported cases of social Social media use in human trafficking used meta platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp. Facebook also this year, earlier this year, cut their safety teams, as did Twitter and a whole bunch of others. And so there's really nobody policing the barn as effectively as the, as they were doing it. Not that they were really effective previously, but obviously coming into 2024, that's going to be a huge issue. And I'll be talking about that one in a future segment very soon here. On top of it, in August, we're up to August now, I basically put out a video called Delete Zoom Now. Zoom changed their privacy policy, which stated essentially, and these, these are my words, that they are have the ability to eavesdrop on meetings. And if they see something they like, aka intellectual property, they are now allowed to copy it. And if you go read their policy, privacy policy changes back from August, that was a huge, huge issue. Now, I've not recommended Zoom for any kind of sensitive meeting since basically the beginning of the pandemic, when they, they were caught basically routing about 10% of all North American meetings through uh, key management servers in China. So the Chinese had the decryption system. There's a lot of privacy issues and, and, and ties to the Chinese government that make Zoom not a preferable platform. But tens of millions of Americans are using Zoom almost every day, even post-pandemic where many of us are still working remote. So that's obviously a huge issue. Now, in September, a Chinese government banned Apple. But it banned Apple specifically from government employees using Apple products. But I think more will be coming because their workers are no longer allowed to use those devices at work or even bring them into the office premises. Now, this is a direct, it seems apparently, retaliation for the United States banning Huawei and ZTE, both Chinese-based uh, uh, mobile phone makers. But this significant expansion of the longstanding Beijing policy, which aims to cut reliance on foreign technology amid basically foreign cyber cybersecurity threats. So they were essentially blaming Apple or claiming, I should say, Apple was a, basically a surveillance tool for foreign governments. And since Apple is a U.S.-based company, it would stand to reason that they would do that. That said, I think we're going to see a big shift in that. And Apple is a, is a is a huge presence in China right now. I can personally attest to that being in the Wang Fujing district in Beijing personally and going to that Apple store, which was like four stories. It was absolutely massive and completely packed. So Apple, I don't think, is going away anytime soon unless the Chinese government decides it is, in which case Apple's out of luck because when the Chinese government says something, it happens in that country. Now, in September, a mobile app used by Immigration and Customs Enforcement here in the United States that monitors certain uh, migrants basically was found to be collecting large amounts of sensitive data 
with basically uncertain protections regarding how that data was being used or stored, and that is according to public records that were obtained by Just Futures Law Legal Project, basically a right to privacy. And so whether you're an immigrant, whether you're a citizen, wherever you are in the world, privacy is a human right. And if a government is collecting a vast amount of data on you without your knowledge or consent, especially in a country that purports to be free like the United States, that's a big problem. I'm not talking about the immigration crisis or any of those kinds of issues. Privacy is a human right. Don't forget that. Now, in October, as we keep going here, the California Department of, of Motor Vehicles, or DMV, uh, basically suspended cruises, deployment, and testing permits for its autonomous vehicles, essentially effective immediately statewide. Now, the news followed a barrage of safety concerns and incidents since Cruise, which is owned by General Motors, received approval in August for round-the-clock robo-taxi robo service in San Francisco. We saw a lot of protests regarding that. People were putting orange caution cones on the hood of the cruise car, which was shutting it down. Cruise cars ended up in a cul-de-sac for some reason. Just their AI just took them there. They jammed it up. They had traffic jams that they couldn't get through and then basically snarled traffic when they all locked down. Cruise employees had to manually come and actually get their cars. It was a complete and utter mess. But what it showed us is that Autonomous driving is not where we think it is. It's not 100% yet. And as it's coming, we've got to make sure that we are doing it safely, properly, and in a fully vetted way because we don't want to see humans killed, which we, interestingly enough, have seen in the past as a result of these kinds of things, like uh, like the incident with Tesla in Arizona, which I think actually wasn't necessarily Tesla's fault, but it it, it really underscores the issue of how aware these cars are or not. Now, in November, TikTok started rehabbing Osama bin Laden. Now, obviously not TikTok itself, but users started posting videos about saying, hey, here's a here's words from Osama bin Laden, and you know what? Maybe this dude was right. And so surveys came out as a result of that. Remember, this is like just a month-ish ago. Around one in five surveyed teens to early 20s on TikTok now have a somewhat favorable to more favorable view of the 9-11 mastermind. That is absolutely insane, but I think it really underscores the level of disinformation that we are seeing here in the United States. And it's going to get a whole lot worse in 2024. Wait for my video on New Year's Day or my podcast and actually my radio segment on New Year's Day regarding that very specific thing. Now, in December, literally the month that we are in, we learned that roughly half a dozen videos, which basically had uh, celebrities in the West, American and European, sent personal messages to a Vladimir on Cameo. These, these celebrities were making Cameo videos for them. Now, if you don't know what Cameo is, it's a website where you, just a regular user, can pay for personalized messages from celebrities and other prominent people. Now, these celebrities were urging Vladimir to kick his drug abuse problem. Now, the interesting part about this, and I think it's evil genius, is that these were bought by Russian intelligence and essentially played on Russian TV as they were basically, the Russian TV was spewing out disinformation that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky was a drug addict. Now, those celebrities that were featured in this campaign that were wishing all the best to Vladimir to kick your drug habit, we know you can do it, buddy, were... Elijah Wood, who was Frodo in Lord of the Rings. Dean Norris, who was DEA agent Hank Schrader in Breaking Bad. Kate Flannery uh, from The Office, who played Meredith. She was the uh, uh, alcoholic. Uh, Priscilla Presley, which is the daughter of Elvis. And Mike Tyson, the prize fighter, among others. And obviously, that's evil genius. Now, what, what, what happens when you're in Moscow just as a regular person watching TV and you're seeing freaking Frodo from Lord of the Rings basically saying, hey, Vladimir, and you're understanding it to be the president 
president of Ukraine. We know you can kick that habit. It really reinforces that disinformation. That's what we're going to be walking into in 2024. And I think it's an important one. And finally, also in December, and again, there's no finally here. It's just this is the last one I'm going to talk about. The European Union is now investigating social media company X, formerly Twitter, over suspected breaches of obligations partly relating to posts following the Hamas attack on Israel. And that basically is the first of its kind probe under the new Digital Services Act in the European Union. Now, the DSA came into force November of last year and requires very large online platforms and search engines to do more to tackle illegal content and risks to public security. The probe will focus on countering the dissemination of illegal content in the EU and the effectiveness of measures taken to combat information manipulation, including the quote-unquote community notes system. Now, this is not the first time that X has been in hot water uh, since they basically fired something like 80% of their staff, had no safety staff. We saw a rise of things like racism, hate speech, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into free speech debates on there, but essentially by virtue of the research that, that researchers were doing, then Elon Musk went ahead and said, okay, it's going to be like $40,000 to use our API, which is what the researchers were connecting to essentially for free to gather this information and do this demography research. Now that's gone away because a lot of these research institutions simply don't have the kind of money. They're attached to colleges. They're on small grants. They've got to hire researchers, et cetera, et cetera. So $40,000 is essentially killing the research community that was using Twitter kind of as a bellwether. And so those were the biggest stories of 2023. Uh, I'd love to hear if you think I missed something, but going back through all of my notes from January to December was a walk down memory lane, good, bad, and ugly. And uh, there you go. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But that was your 2023 in top tech, cyber, and privacy news. And I hope you were secure. I hope I was too. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private and have a great and secure 2024. Take care.